Hello and happy birthday. Thank you. I'm so excited we're um, doing this. Recording this on my birthday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy you're okay with doing this. Of course I am. <laughs> it's going to be emotional. For me? For, you, well, for no, you? for me. I'm just going to cry in front of you and you're going to be that person that's like, can I get you a water or... <laughs> Do you want my water? <laughs> Do you need a hug? So what are we doing today? What is this? So, what is the purpose of this recording? The whole purpose of today in my opinion, is all of the people that have been messaging us asking what's going on, when is your season being, you know, the new season being released, um, people on my Instagram, you know, asking why I've been MIA. The purpose of this is just to answer that and be incredibly honest about what's been going on this year and specifically or especially in the past few months. Yeah. So what's been going on? Uh, breast implant illness is is what it's called but it's been a year-long journey of trying to figure out what the hell is going on with me <laughs> yeah so you started to feel really sick earlier in the year and it yeah. sort of turned into this chronic mystery illness exactly that just kind of it just kept getting worse and it started in march um i was getting like this lymphatic drainage massage it was like one of those beauty you know retreat sort of things mm -hmm. and when i stood up all of a sudden i felt this thing of i'm having a stroke and I look and I rush the mirror. I feel like my face is melting. I feel like I can't, you know, feel my arms. Everything is going tingly. I feel like I'm having a heart attack. I can't swallow. I can't breathe. The heart palpitations. And it registered that I was probably having a panic attack. I'd never had anything like that before. Um, but it lasted, you know, something like three hours. And from there, it's been a series of those attacks. But then other symptoms that brought me to getting a ton of testing done and everything was basically inconclusive. The only thing that did come back was basically I had like an RMP antibody, which indicated that I had an autoimmune disease. And from there, going to rheumatologists, um, rheumatologists saying they've never seen anything like this before and they don't feel comfortable even diagnosing me with an autoimmune disease. But something was very scary to hear from specialists. It's not it's not comfortable. Um like you had what we thought was a panic attack after mm -hmm. that lymphatic drainage and you called when you were driving home and you were like, I'm freaking out. I don't know if I should be driving. And I had to just talk to you the whole drive the whole home way. until you got there safely. And it was like, you know, wow, that was so wild. We had a severe panic attack in the middle of a massage. That's so unusual. And you also get massages all the time. You're such a tourist. I know. I, I'm all about self-care. I'm the person that gets massages two times a month. I'm obsessed with them. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, triggered by nothing, I feel like I'm dying. Yeah. And from there, it was like this debilitating anxiety. Yeah. Because you would get like panic attacks or what we thought were panic attacks. If you drove someplace, if mm -hmm. you went to a job, if you were going out to dinner, if you were approaching a social event that you had been looking forward to, it was like all these things that normally you love doing, yep. all of a sudden you'd have a panic attack. But it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was a legit panic attack because no. we know that you can kind of talk yourself down from those things. And this was like, you couldn't control it. You couldn't no. make yourself feel better or self-soothe. And then more symptoms started coming out. I feel like it graduated from just sporadic panic attacks to more like physical ailments. Absolutely. And when I went to the doctor at UCLA, she was telling me how, you know, you're describing a panic attack, but this doesn't seem to be anxiety related. And she's yeah. like, there is a, there is a very concise difference between the two. And so she was saying that I basically was experiencing all of those actual physical reactions versus thinking that I am like when you have a you have a panic attack your your heart palpitations you can't breathe 
you think that that's happening, but mm-hmm. it's really not. It's very much in your head. It's like a flight or fight response. Yeah. But she was saying, you ha- you're having these reactions, which was even more frightening to me. What were the physical symptoms you started experiencing? The biggest ones, and these are the ones that started in June. It was like the beginning of June for me. Um, it was this brain fog and the best way I could label it is like disassociative where I would feel like if I was at the grocery store, I would feel like I was having a dream about being at the grocery store. I yeah. would pinch myself constantly to feel like I was to, to know I was still real mm-hmm. talking to people. Even now when I'm looking at you, I feel like I'm having a dream about being here. Mm-hmm. It's like this constant numbness or it the best. I don't even know how to really describe it, but it feels like you're just not in your body. Yeah. That was something I was hoping would go away or get better, but it's only gotten progressively worse. Yeah. And for me, that has been like the worst part of all of this. Yeah. Cause it definitely seems like it's progressed. Like it was continuously yeah. progressing to the point where you couldn't work. No, you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. You were, you know, you could, it was hard for you to write. It was hard for you to focus mm-hmm. on doing the podcast. It was yeah. like, you couldn't focus anymore when normally you're a very laser focused kind of person. Like that's yeah. your personality. So the fact that you then all of a sudden couldn't focus, like even in conversations, yeah. it, it was hard for you to like stay focus but not in in like a dismissive way it was just sort of like you're I'm not here you're just not quite there and then you were very very forgetful oh the memory loss was unbelievable I mean it's hard for me to even finish sentences because I don't remember words I don't remember like the word for things all the time Mm -hmm. and I'll you know I'll be driving and I'll forget how to drive all of a sudden that's been terrible and I remember having several conversations and then realizing you had no memory of the fact that we had already had this conversation no. like just a few days before. And it was so sincerely. And it was like just, funny at first for some people yeah. where they'd be like, or my boyfriend would like poke fun at it. And then it yeah. was like, no, this is actually frightening. Yeah. Like, do you remember when you, you were with him out at, a, at a, like a restaurant and he said, I'm going to go to the bathroom oh, Yeah, and he, you were like, okay. And you stayed there. And as soon as he was gone, you were like, oh my God, where did he go? And then he comes back and you're like, where were you? You He's left like, me. I went to the bathroom, babe. Yeah. But it was like that kind of thing. You'd forget mm-hmm. that, sh- that short exchange of like, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be right back. You, w- you could forget stuff like that. And I think what like makes me the most upset about it is um, like humor and quality conversation is literally how I connect and feel comfortable with other people and being unable to speak or form a sentence was like the most isolating and frightening part of all of this for me. And the last thing I wanted to do was socialize or meet new people because I was so scared of being in a situation where I felt paralyzed yeah. And I had just started dating my boyfriend when all of these symptoms started and meeting all of his new friends and family members just brought on like this whole extra like layer of fear. And I couldn't rely on myself to show up to anything or be present, mentally present or capable. And it just felt like a massive loss of self. Yeah. It's just been very isolating. And while there have been some of the health issues that I've had, um, like the severe inflammation that it's like overnight I had like 15 to 20 pounds of edema, like this water retention Mm -hmm. only on my lower legs. Mm -hmm. And I'm a model. Everything is on Instagram and I make my living basically being in a bathing suit. And all of a sudden I feel disgusting. I mean, I've always had a battle with my looks, but all of a sudden I feel disgusting in a swimsuit and I have people messaging me about, you know, gaining weight or, you know, not looking like I did but they don't understand that I'm 
going through something <gasps> what I'm medical. going through. I can't even work out. And like working out has been like a massive way of me, you know, decompressing and stress relief. And, you know, all of a sudden I can't even go to the gym and being a lot of it was because of um, like light sensitivity. My eyes, I couldn't be around things that were like bright lights. You know, I would have to wear sunglasses inside and being inside of a gym with fluorescent lights would be really triggering and it would just bring on just, I was unable to open my eyes mm-hmm. and I would get really dizzy and then that would trigger a panic attack. But, you know, while those things were all superficial and I wasn't able to work because of them, it was the cognitive impairment that yeah. has been the worst part. And it's like this constant feeling of like being drunk without taking a sip of alcohol. Like I'll be looking at my phone and the words blur together as if they do when as you've if- had too many things to drink. Yeah. And every day is different. And, you know, I'll have weeks where I'm unable to leave the house basically. And then I have weeks where I'm able to go to Mexico and feel yeah. like a normal person somewhat. But I haven't felt like me since like March. It has definitely felt a little bit like you went from being like your personality is such a magnetic, outgoing social butterfly. Like just social butterfly is the best way to describe you Mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter who it is that you're meeting. It doesn't matter who's in the room. You come in and you just become friends with everybody and you're so engaging and so you're just so present. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it got to the point where you were like, not feeling well, but trying to like mask it a little bit. So mm-hmm. you're trying to be like up and, and, and still try to be yourself. But the people who know you are like, what are you doing? Are so, you okay? Yeah, like what's up with right. you? Yeah. And I've noticed just the progression of like, if it, it has gotten to the point where it is your cognitive fog, like your brain fog is so noticeable that there's days where you have really, really good days and it mm-hmm. feels like talking to somebody with like dementia who has a lucid day and you remember everything we're talking about. You remember things from a few days ago and then yeah. without warning, all of a sudden it hits you again and you're you're just not you anymore. There's been so many times where we've even tried to record this very episode to explain like where we've been, what's been going on yeah, and like a two weeks ago, we were going to record it and you felt great. You had a great morning. Mm-hmm. And then by the afternoon when it was time, you were like, I can't, I can't do, I can't do this. I can't even think I can't, yeah. I can't talk. Any kind of medical mystery for anybody is terrifying. It's terrifying for the person going through it. Mm-hmm. It's very upsetting and it makes everybody around you feel so helpless and it's so isolating and so scary. It's, it's like tough hearing. that. <laughs> it's tough hearing that because, um, Every step of the way, I was like more worried about being a burden or losing a friendship or my relationship because of this than I ever was about my own health. So like hearing that it's like apparent to other people, it I don't know why it's so hard hearing it every time. But I mean, I remember telling you a few weeks ago, I, I can't remember. It was after you, you it was like two weeks ago. I had a good week. Um no, I'm thinking further back from that, like a month ago. Oh, It was like a month ago when we got back from our trip, when we went to our friend's wedding, mm-hmm. remember? It got to the point where you were going to doctor after doctor yeah. and specialist after specialist. Like it felt like every day you were going to get more tests done and more, more specialists, all those things. We came back from a trip and you were just crying so much. You had had such a hard, I don't know if it was like a day or oh a weekend. You it was had, when I went to San Diego. Yeah. And you had a, you had a really, really hard time. Yeah. We came in and you were telling us about it and we were, just like looked at each other. Brett and I looked at each other and we're like, you have to be honest with us about how badly you're always feeling. You can't, this is, first of all, we share a home. This is your yeah. home and everyone's entitled to feeling sick and lousy in their space. Yeah. That's their private space. But 
you're so worried about burdening everybody else. And then knowing that we share the space, you don't want to like, you always say like, bring the mood down. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're so worried about that. And we were just like, we love you. And this is not your fault. And we yeah. all want to be supportive of you, but we can't be unless we know truly how bad it is and how difficult it is. Because yeah. in the beginning, there were times where it kind of seemed humorous that you would totally forget something. Yeah. And then there was other times where it was like, it's a little concerning. Are you, <laughs> yeah. Are you just being like dismissive? Like you can't yeah. remember you yeah. weren't listening. And then it just like got to the point where it was so confusing. Like you, yeah. you would have a very obviously bad day, but then try, but then say like, I feel fine. It's fine. Like, do you want to watch TV? Do you want to have like, yeah. you know, like just try to be pepped up. And then it was like, well, I just got to go off of what she's sharing. So if yeah. she's saying that she feels fine, but everything about her seems chaotic <laughs> yeah. and not fine. <laughs> that was like the pivotal weekend. Um, I had gone down to San Diego with my boyfriend and we were visiting two of his friends that are now my friends. I knew from the drive down that I shouldn't have been going, mm -hmm. but my sweet boyfriend is the most social. He's Mr. You're he's, Miss Social Butterfly. He's, he's, Mr. he's Mr. Social Butterfly. <laughs> his energy and his like love for everything and every experience is like what drew me to him, but it's also the thing that's made me feel so terrible. The timing of it the is really wild for really you to, <laughs> to meet someone like this and then suddenly have this mystery illness that exactly. makes you almost like an agoraphobic. Oh, or, 100%. Or agoraphobia. Yeah, exactly. And I just didn't want him to miss out on something again or have an experience dimmed by me again. We're sitting at the sushi restaurant and all of a sudden I feel like, I don't even feel like I just know I'm dying. Mm-hmm. And I remember like just looking at everybody across the table and being like, I'm not here. And I kept pinching my arm and I'm just like, try I'm like sitting there smiling. So no one like thinks anything weird is happening to me, but I'm not talking and I can't breathe. I can't swallow. I can't hear. Like I, my, I, my hearing completely went and I feel like I'm just like falling back into my body. And I was like, I need to go to the ER. Like I, but I couldn't even say it. Mm -hmm. And I, when I got home, when we got back to, uh, the place where we were staying, I told my boyfriend, I'm like, I'm miserable. Like I'm, I've been miserable for so long and I just can't keep feeling like this. And he was like, well, we know what you need to do. And it was like something I was in denial of all year just because so much of my self-esteem and identity is tied to it. And it was something I wasn't ready to let go of. He was just like, you need to remove your breast implants. Like we know that that's we know that's what's causing this. And I was like, we don't know that, you know, just me being stubborn and being like, it could be something else. Like I could maybe get another test done. And he was just like, it's very, very obvious that you have breast implant illness and you need to get rid of them. And my first thought when all this is happening is I was like, are you still going to be attracted to me? Like, yeah. are, is anyone like, is, am I not going to book work? Am I not going to, like, I was just so afraid of not feeling like feminine or my myself and like so much of I basically use them as like a bandage for a band-aid basically for so much and and he just was like I don't care about any of that I care about the fact that I can see you like disappearing before my eyes mm -hmm. and that was like all I needed to hear to like make that move to book you know a, yeah. a consult to have them removed because 
Because we had suspected, like in, initially, like back in March, like in the beginning of the year when this started happening, yeah, we started going through, like we had every inch of your bedroom and your bathroom checked for mold. We, ch- we checked everywhere. Yeah. New bedding, a new mattress. Like you got mm-hmm. a new bed. We were like worried Air it was purifiers. something, yeah, something in your bedding or something, like something in your space. Yeah. And we were like cycling through everything and then fairly quickly we were like got the idea that maybe it was breast implant illness yeah. and you were just like no well there's a you know surgery is a, yeah it's, <laughs> surgery is a huge deal and there's a lot of other things we could be testing out first before I I go yeah. down that route and it was literally the very very last Thing. possibility yeah. I mean from March to I think that was like in August wasn't it yeah when you it was, went to San uh, Diego yeah, yeah end of August I believe it, it took all that time the better part of a year for you to finally I mean you felt so miserable mm-hmm. all the time this completely just broke your life down I know and and it took you so long to get to that point until finally he was like you know what this is you have to get it removed yeah and I really think that you have <laughs> okay out of all the other boyfriends that you've had I'm just gonna go ahead and say it this yeah. is hands down the most wonderful man that you've ever been with who actually mm-hmm. loves you for you the way that everybody else in your life your friends and your family everybody who loves you for you he's the first guy you've dated who's truly seen you for like who you are I know. and I know like literally one of my girlfriends asked me I think it was like two days ago how he's been handling all of this you know like how's how's forest handling all of this situation and I just like started crying before I could even answer this because there's just never been a question mm-hmm. I've just been like exhausted my whole life of feeling like I have to always be on yeah. and how it's like not it's not my place to have a bad day it's like my place to make you know other people feel better mm-hmm. I was getting too emotional to finish my thought, but I, yeah. my point about Forrest is just that f- of all the times for you to go through this and realize what you have to do and your implants are such a huge part of your identity, your self-esteem, your yeah. business, you're a bikini model. And it took so long for you to it just admit that it probably is your implants and you probably have to get them removed because they're yeah. probably poisoning you. Yeah. And I think that you found the like the best partner for you to go through all of this to show you he truly actually does not give a shit about your body. He's not with you for that. He doesn't yeah. see your value or your worth in your body. It's literally about your brain. It's about your heart. And so we just we love him. Yeah, we do. We do love him. And I didn't want to learn all of those lessons through something as dramatic as this, but I can't help but think that for my personality type, maybe that was like a very necessary um, slap in the face because through all of this, like even though I'm feeling like I'm dying and I'm really scared, I kept, I felt guilt like the whole way. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really like put my finger on why I felt so guilty, but it was just because I realized that I was so hyper-focused on not being what someone signed up for. Like I, mm-hmm. I, he signed up for a very specific me in my head. And then within a month, all of a sudden that girl is just gone. Mm-hmm. And I would always say to him, I'm like, you know, you didn't know me like when I was healthy and like, you didn't know me when I was it, capable of this. And I, I swear I used to be adventurous and I used to love to travel and I used to be spontaneous. Like all of the things that I actually like about myself were taken. And I've always just thought I had to package myself in a in a perfect way and look a certain way and that includes the boobs and that includes being really fit and um it includes being like witty and engaging it's like I always thought I had to be perfect mm-hmm. 
to deserve that love, but I've only experienced conditional love, especially from men. So that was, you didn't know anything. I didn't know anything else. And that was also when I realized that I had to make a massive shift in the grace that I show myself Mm -hmm. and even the way that I love myself and real love doesn't waver and it doesn't question you're allowed to have horrible days and the people that actually love you, like you and my mom and, and Forrest, they're not going to go away just because I'm having a horrible day or a month or even a few months. No. And that has just been a huge lesson for me. And And when you think about it, (laughs) I mean, I, at least for me, and I'm sure your mom, we've all had horrific times where we leaned on you and Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have ever thought about abandoning us just because we Mm -hmm. weren't doing our best or we weren't feeling our best. <laughs> you were like being a wet blanket. So I have to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's just so, you know, that's just isn't how anybody feels when they yeah. love someone and care about someone. It just doesn't matter if you're having a, a difficult time, everyone's going to be there and be around you. I've just always convinced myself that like the things I feel for others, they're not capable of feeling back for me. Mm-hmm. It's, I've always just felt like I'm someone, it's like, there's no reciprocation. Even if I'm not being, I'm being shown the opposite by everyone that loves me. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that will go away. Like yeah. you'll, you'll reach your limit with me. Like you'll, you'll get impatient. You'll get tired of it. And you know, even I, I I've come to you so many times and been like, am I like bringing the mood down too much? Like, do you think I'm affected? Like, are you in a bad mood because of me? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I've always considered myself like, it's not like a narcissist, but it's like, it almost is like everything is about me. If it's negative, if you're having a bad day, it's somehow caused by me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's just something that I need to work on. And this whole illness, everything I've experienced this year has made me face ultimately the bad parts of me or the things that I need to work on the weaknesses that I have. Yeah. But, um, I guess we should talk about even the, 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 what it is thing. Yeah, so we <laughs> figured out what what it was. It wasn't a mystery illness after all. Yeah, so um, you know, I, I've already gotten the surgery and things have not improved. Um, but I just have to be patient about it. But what we're assuming that it is mm-hmm. <laughs> is that um, implants, especially you know, silicone implants. Every single implant is made out of silicone, uh, whether that be a textured, smooth, no matter what brand. If it's saline, there's always going to be a silicone shell. Silicone is toxic to the body. And this is by no means something that is, I'm not trying to scare anyone out of getting them. Or if you have them and you have no bad symptoms, then that's great. It's just some people have a bad reaction to them and some people don't. I had gotten a pair of implants um, in 2016 and had zero, zero bad experience. They were smooth. My body loved them, um, made no difference in my life whatsoever, my health got them replaced in 2019 with a textured pair of implants. And that is something that I should have not done. If you do any research on textured implants, they basically, the way that they work is they adhere to the tissue and the chest pocket so that they don't move. And it's better for cleavage and it's better for if you're someone like me that doesn't have a lot of mass on their chest. Um, I didn't have a lot of muscle. I don't have a lot of like fat or things like that to keep up an implant it was a really good option for me or so I was sold. And fortunately with the tissue adhering, it also allows bacteria to adhere and, and other disgusting things to accumulate or around your, your implant. And I know um, one of the biggest brands, uh, theirs was recalled and of the textured, of the textured implants. Um, mine have not been recalled, but there have been so many issues and there's been like a correlation between textured implants and like this very specific type of cancer 
it's dangerous. End yeah. of story. Um, it's something that I would really, if if you look on your little breast implant card and you see that you have textured implants, I would very seriously have them looked at. Mm-hmm. So you just hadn't really educated yourself or been educated on the difference in the risks that came with textured versus smooth. No, I, I, you know, I, I think when you go to a surgeon, you hope that they have all the answers and you forget that every single person has a different technique. Yeah. And it's like the most important thing for a surgeon to be mindful of when they're doing the surgery is taking every single precaution to not allow any bacteria to enter into, you know, an open wound. And then you're basically sewing that up and then that bacteria is living inside of you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times women get super lucky and nothing goes wrong. And then sometimes the bacteria causes, you know, capsular contracture, which is where like the basically your body's rejecting it and squeezing it and pulling it. And that's very evident physically. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could be someone like me who just gets very ill over the years. Yeah. So I went to a new doctor to get the textured implant removed. Who She's phenomenal. Her name is Dr. Kelly Colleen. And I'll make sure I tag her in things because I could not recommend. Oh my gosh, I more. loved her. I, t- I told Ashley, I'm like, first of all, I can't drive anyways. But also, yeah. <laughs> you need to meet this woman. She is fabulous. She's like the perfect combination of, she's relatable, but also highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. And she explains things perfect to someone like me who is neurotic and I cannot rest until every little answer is or every single question is answered. And didn't you say she's like double board certified? Double board certified. She's also a surgeon uh, surgeon at a Cedar Sinai. She is a boss. Yeah. I didn't know that you could even be double certified, board certified, you know? But then you meet her and she's you're like, yeah, that girl, that girl is. She's amazing. And I just felt so safe with her and her whole team. It's been like, a, it's just been a phenomenal experience. Um, I love working with women. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it comes to, you know, anything medical, that's been my thing this year is if there's a female doctor, mm-hmm. I want her. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> no offense to the dudes. It's, it's No, it's not offensive. It's just what you're more comfortable with. It's just my with, preference. And yeah. That's okay. Just my preference. So I went to her to get them removed and she said that she had seen, you know, multiple cases like mine where, you know, it's the brain fog, the inflammation, sudden food allergies, um, gastrointestinal problems, you know, vision issues, just the whole nine. Um, she had seen that many times before and and she said that oftentimes it's not just your body rejecting an implant. Those symptoms I think would be a little bit different. Mine was very much my body trying to fight something that was on my implant, or it could just have been my body trying to fight the textured implant specifically. Mm-hmm. So she recommended that I go in and remove the textured implant, and she like triple washed it with a antibiotic, mm-hmm. and then she ended up putting in a different brand and a much smaller implant. It's like four sizes smaller mm-hmm. than what I had had, which is already like such a shock, but I'm learning to like completely love them. And, you know, bigger is sometimes not always better and yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been, that's been nice. And she did such a beautiful job, but um, you know, the hope is that my body will come down from attack mode now that we've removed this, this Source. object. Yeah. That my body was fighting and I talked to her yesterday and, and she said that just based off of like the pathology reports that on my left side, uh, it was very clear that I had a foreign body response. Just looking at my capsule and how angry it was uh, compared to my right side, it is believed that there, you know, was a rupture, which would explain, you know, silicone basically leaking into your body. The toxicity that that would bring explains all of my symptoms. So 
So do they think that it was your very first implants that ruptured or the second implants that were textured? So she said that the textured implants were not ruptured, but that it is very possible that my first pair was, and then I didn't do a capsulectomy. So the silicone was still left in there with that on top of like the bacteria and then the textured implant, um, you know, aggravating everything. Um, we won't know until <laughs> I feel better again. And yeah, but you are slowly starting to feel better. You're on a lot of antibiotics and you're mm-hmm. recovering from surgery that you just had last week. Exactly. And I was, yeah, I was on heavy antibiotics, which definitely don't help the like cognitive performance. They're known for making you like lethargic and stuff. And like delirious and yeah. brain fog and all of that sort of stuff. So I still need to get all of that out of my system. And it's a slow journey. I've talked to some women that wake up from surgery and feel completely better And then I talk to other women that don't feel themselves until a year and a half later. So I'm going to do everything and anything to, you know, expedite that process so that I can feel like myself again. But I also have to be really patient and kind to myself in the meantime. And I will continue to look for answers, even though they're out of me. And it's very believed to be, it's believed to be the source since every single thing that I felt checks every single box when it comes to breast implant illness. But, you know, I'm I'm not stopping here yeah. <laughs> until I feel 100% again. Yeah. And none of this is meant to, um, like, fear monger. Like, that's a huge thing that even uh, Dr. Kelly Clean was saying to me. She was like, we do not welcome any negativity. Yeah. We're not trying to scare people out of doing anything. It's more a thing of just educate yourselves because you have to be your own advocate, yeah. especially medically. And you have every right to do these, you know, it's like superficial procedures, anything that makes you feel beautiful and confident, do it, but make sure you're well equipped so that doesn't affect other parts of your life mm-hmm. severely. Yeah. And you know, no woman or no person knows to put an implant underneath the fold versus your, your nipple. Yeah. Why would you know that? The information is just nowhere to be found, but it's important for women to kind of spread the word mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of go that route because Google gives you every single answer under the sun that will back up, you know, any claim. So And it's not meant to like bash a surgeon or anything like that, but it's more of seeing what method they are comfortable with or what they recommend and then not being afraid to get a second opinion and trust your gut. Because when I had one phone call with Dr. Clean, I booked my surgery before ever even meeting her. Mm -hmm. It was like just hearing the information over the phone. I knew in my gut it was correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, she also has a referral base, like her she's incredible. Like she, this is, she handles breast implant illness and she deals with people with mastectomies and she does like beautiful reconstructions. So she's not even someone I would look at as like a superficial doctor. Like she, she definitely, she cares about your self-esteem and your quality of life. Absolutely. If if something she can offer you increases your quality of life and your self-esteem, then she's going to try to help you. Yes. I think that all of this My biggest takeaway from watching you go through all of this is that if you are someone who's interested in getting implants, you just have to very, very thoroughly educate yourself Mm -hmm. on every aspect of it and then hold out until you you meet the right doctor. And like doctors are humans too and they all operate from a different code of ethics and morals and they all have different opinions on different things. And so you shouldn't just go to someone that like someone else recommended and was like, they're great. Or absolutely like the first one that you find when you Google a plastic Mm -hmm. surgeon in your area, you just have to, you have to educate yourself on the whole procedure. And if it's right for you, 
you have to educate yourself on different doctors and even like what what the hell board certified is like this is all stuff that like doesn't even you know for any any average person you don't even understand what that means we don't learn about this in school we don't learn no. about the difference between textured and and smooth that's no. just that's not on our um curriculum i think there's a difference if you have an illness where you're like i have to have open heart surgery or something yes. like that you're not necessarily like, okay, well, I really got to educate myself on this and find the best doctor. I mean, you should, but Mm -hmm. it's not elective. So if you're going to choose to have an elective surgery, it's a big risk. It's a big literal risk to your, your body because you're choosing to cut yourself open and do something and you just have to be educated. But like with all of that being said, after I have a baby, I know I'm going to get my boobs done. Mm -hmm. Like this, everything that you've been through hasn't scared me off. It's just been like a, Oh, okay. So now I know, now I know how to do this. So I hope that nobody else walks away going, oh my gosh, I'm never going to do it. If you want to do it, you should do it, but just know the risks and educate yourself. And just take the safest route every step of the way. Yeah, why not? It's your body. And like, who cares if you have a scar underneath your tit? Mm-mm. It's much better than going through the nipple and then causing issues. It's yeah. like, it's basically health over aesthetics, yeah. which is silly. It seems silly when you're doing it as an aesthetic yeah. <laughs> procedure, but it's important. It's very, very important. It's stuff I wish I had known because- surgeons or literally anyone when they're making money they're not going to volunteer the negatives that could come with that procedure well some might not some but might you not sh- they should they should they but still should that's been something that was shocking to me you know just throughout my life is they don't tell you the bad things that can happen and I had no idea the negative things that could happen with textured implants and then they're in me and then I google it mm-hmm. and it's just all there for me. Yeah. And I just was like, God, if I had just Googled this before these things were sewn up inside of me, then I could have prevented all of this from happening. Yeah. And it was what ultimately happened was the disintegration of my health and my mind yeah. over time, over three years. And now I just have to hope that I can get that back. Mm-hmm. It's an unfortunate thing that the fact that some women wake up from surgery after getting them out and they feel themselves again and all that brain fog and all those things are just gone. That's amazing for them, but it's not every single person. And it was really disappointing that you weren't one of those people. Yeah. But I think it's just a matter your body has been in this constant fight. Like it has been fighting something for so long. And now that it's not anymore, you have to just work on healing. Like in every sense of the word, you have to heal and you basically have to to start over. You have to change your mentality towards your body. Mm -hmm. You have to change your lifestyle, what you put in your body, what kind of food. Like you have to prioritize yourself in a way that I don't think you ever have before. And you're starting to do that and you're starting to develop this self-love relationship with your body and in yourself. Yeah. And you just have to be patient. And that's like one thing is my body has always, to me, been a product or, you know, a part of something that is meant to advertise something. It's it's never been a connection to me. I've never felt like one with my body. Mm-hmm. And it, the patience that I have for it in that aspect are very high. It's my impatience when it comes to my brain. My brain is the one symptom that I'm like, this needs to, you need to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. Everything else, I'm like, okay, you know, my cankles, so that you can hang out for a little bit. It's totally fine. You take your time decompressing. It's okay. Everything else physically, I couldn't care less about, which has been a huge eye-opener to me because I have placed all of my value with how I look. So that patience is, I am already have grown up so much in that way. Mm -hmm. My brain, though, I I need need that stuff to speed up (laughs) immediately. Well, your, your new boobies are so beautiful. 
Thank you so much. Like, I think you look so much more beautiful than you did before because Thank they look you. so natural, but so um, like young still, like still pretty. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel like they look like they're supposed to be mine. Whereas yeah. my old breasts were just like, well, <laughs> yeah, there they are. And she they, has implants. <laughs> exactly. And it was just like, it felt like a, it, it looked and felt like a foreign thing just attached to me. And this feels very much like you know, mine just a little bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel, I, it feels good, like enhancing what you have versus trying to be completely different than what you are. Yeah. And so while this was a very tough year, I do feel like I learned a massive amount of lessons and expedited a, a you know, just me prioritizing certain things and not worrying about being a burden and not worrying about, you know, if people think I've, I look fat or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's so trivial in the yeah. long run and the people that are meant to stay stay and the people that love you won't care if you have fat ankles <laughs> yeah yep, they don't give a shit <laughs> absolutely and I feel I'm sorry for um holding you know the production process back but you've been so patient such a good friend to me throughout all of this and I'm not gonna go into it because I will cry more <laughs> I guess I already did it so that's fine um but yeah everyone needs to have a friend like Ashley because you know I'm very open and I like to become friends with everybody, but I feel like there's, it's like a, it's hard for me to actually really be honestly genuine or like not honestly genuine, but honestly real with someone. It's like, I feel like I can be genuine, but it's like, like intimate. intimate. It's hard for me to be intimate, especially with women. Mm -hmm. And I feel like pain is something that is the most intimate mm -hmm. and knowing that I can come home and just cry and be like my ugliest, most raw self with somebody it's just something that I have not had in a friendship before. And I feel very, very, very fortunate for that. So thank Aww. you. And thank you for your patience. And I hope that this season is the best one yet. And I think it will be because just I'm so excited to be able to create with you again versus it feeling almost like a burden because it was so hard <laughs> this oh year. Gosh. The fact that it was so hard for you to even get up and like walk around the house or like mm -hmm. do a task like taking a shower or making mm -hmm. something to eat it was like difficult that like those things were happening the other issue is like at the end of our last season you know we were scrambling we were just like trying to we got really behind on our schedule and so we were scrambling to get get it all done on mm -hmm. our deadline and then you were just struggling so bad with this mystery thing and you're like I don't know why this is I don't know why it is and then mm -hmm. and you're just trying so hard and it was it was such such a difficult thing to watch because yeah. you like felt bad, but you also like didn't understand what was happening to you. So you're yeah. very scared in the process. And um, so our break between seasons was going to be like three weeks. And obviously it's been a few months because of all of these things that Anna's health is more important than a podcast. <laughs> so, but we're very, very excited to get back to it. Yeah. So now we're, she's feeling a lot better and we're feeling like we can, we can get back into it and start writing. And so we're prepping a lot for the next season for season three, which is going to come out very soon. Mm -hmm. But we've had so many people reach out to say like, where have you been? Are you coming back? We get messages all the time. <laughs> we're like, oh, production uh, delays. And I know. And every time <laughs> you I'm and like, I are production. <laughs> The delays are literally us. It's us. And I was just like, we're coming back. We're coming back. We are. We are. We are. But yeah, we just had no idea because it was like we couldn't put a time limit on anything. All that mattered was that she was getting healthy and focusing on herself. And I'm happy that we did this because I didn't know how much we didn't know how much we even wanted to like share about this. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I think about it, my friends don't even know about this. Yeah. Like that has been 
I mean, I finally told one of my like good friends about all of this like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I think most people in my life just thought that all of a sudden I'm like dropped. just dropped off the face of the earth and just kind of became became a bad friend. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'll have to send a lot of texts, you know, eventually. <laughs> or be like, hey, can you just listen to the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things that has gotten me through this whole year is how vulnerable a lot of women have been. And like when I go on certain Instagrams and see people that have been brutally honest about their breast implant illness experience, that has been what has helped me through. And that is what has, you know, even brought me to the conclusion to do this. Yeah. So if I can do this and like it helps one person go, I feel all of those things. And I'm, I also have implants. Like maybe I should get to the doctor or if you're listening to this and you've gone through it and you have recommendations for me, <laughs> please message mm -hmm. me. Um, I'm willing to try anything and everything um, to feel healthy again. So and because of Instagram, we are so accessible and we want this platform to feel like you're our friend. And we mean, we're all, we're all women and we're all a lot more alike than we realize. And we should all be helping each other. And yeah. I'm mean, through this podcast. We're trying to build a sisterhood and we feel connected to, we have some very, very loyal followers that we've had from the very mm -hmm. beginning that we like, feel like we also know. Yeah. And they obviously feel like they know us because that's what happens with the podcast. Yeah. You feel like you're hanging out with two people that That's you're friends with and but we really want it to feel like a sincere accessibility and and be accessible because it makes us feel just as good and we we want to get to know everybody else too so we want mm -hmm. to be completely transparent about what's been going on so that it maybe helps somebody else or opens the door to actually have conversations or or what what have you yeah it's like when a when a couple breaks up on Instagram and they don't supply an answer of why oh they shouldn't gosh. have to, but you're like, um, hello, we've been following you for years. Yeah. Like what's going on Tell here? Tell me what happened. <laughs> and with us, it's like, I would rather just give the full answer instead of like the PC in short, you know, been some health issues. Like I would just rather be completely honest. But that really surprised me to be honest with you. Cause you, you're so bubbly and outgoing and so friendly. Like, like literally if you walk into a room of strangers, you'll become friends with all of them. But you're also very private. Like oh, yeah. you do, you have a side of you that is extremely private. And then this is so vulnerable. It is so transparent. Like you're yeah. being so honest about it. And your implants were such a big part of your identity and your your whole Instagram following, which is your business. Yeah. And it's a really, really big deal to be willing to just address it so boldly and straightforward and honest yeah. and just like lay it out there. So I was so surprised that you wanted to do this, but I was <laughs> so proud of you because Thank I you. loved that. And I was like, I, I'm so happy that you were willing to talk about it and just be completely honest about it. You know, I share all the good stuff. So why not share the bad stuff too? Because that's a lot more relatable. Well, <laughs> sometimes, I mean, you know, yeah. it's like you can't just share the highlights. It'd yeah. be like only listening to the compliments and none of the negatives or vice versa. You have right. to hear both sides. Yeah. So we are hard at work now writing stories for the next season and we're pretty sure that we're going to premiere in early October mm -hmm. but uh we're, we're working out the exact premiere date so we'll obviously let everybody know well in advance as soon as it's chosen but uh that's that's what's been happening that's where we've been that's what's been going on but we're working really hard on coming back soon we love you guys and thank you for your patience and all your support yeah and I love you and I love you Ashley okay good okay cool <laughs> okay. and happy birthday <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> okay bye bye <laughs>